Purple Mafia with your host, Paladino Joey. Well, we'll see. The doctors would disagree, but what do they know? So let's just say that you'll pay me because it's in your interest to pay me. Is it worth it? I mean, you've won. You want to wipe everybody out? I don't feel I have to wipe everybody out, Tom. It's just my enemy. That's all. My father taught me many things. He taught me, keep your friends close, put your enemies close. These are wonderful things that we've achieved, and there's no limit to where we can go from here. Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. Today is Friday, July the 31st, 2009. This is episode number 33 of Purple Mafia. I thank you always for downloading and listening to this podcast, radio show, Minnesota Vikings podcast. Thank you for having me on board today. And it's great to have you on board as well. Well, I'm going to do my best to try to shorten my intros on all three of the shows I do. Purple Mafia, Timberwolves, Explosion, and Brave the Wild. It's just very important to me, and uh, it's been brought to my attention that I try to do that. But uh, real quick, on the sportstuff.com, which I mentioned is the flagship site for Purple Mafia, there is a button in the upper right-hand corner, or I guess now more in the center, it says TSS Boards. Click on that. That is how you can sign up for the message boards on the sportstuff.com. It is 100% free and 100% fun as uh, you can interact with about 350 members of the sportstuff.com. There are multiple podcasters, multiple show hosts, and so many members for every different team and just about every different sport out there. So do check it out. Thank you always, and all of you out there on iTunes, do check out thesportstuff.com. Thank you for checking out the show today. Well, real quick, we are going to talk about Antoine Winfield, who signed a contract. So finally, one of my favorite players on the entire team, and for years he was my favorite player on the team, Antoine Winfield signs a five-year extension, which is terrific. And Brett Favre breaks our hearts one last time. This is one last time Brett Favre breaks our hearts and uh, we're going to talk about that today. Uh, we're going to get a little teeny tiny bit into training camp. Not much detail today. Hopefully the next show I can get more detail for you. I figured today we need to talk about Anton Winfield and Brett Favre. Get that out of the way now. And then we can get hard and heavy into training camp. So with no further ado, we're going to take a quick break. And we'll be back after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're bursting in blue with Timberwolves' explosion. Timberwolves fans, your show has arrived at last as we bring in a new era with Al Jefferson, Kevin Love, and Mike Miller. We're available on thesportstuff.com and also available on iTunes. Download and listen to in-depth and detailed coverage of your favorite team. Show your true blue and join this explosion of Timberwolves basketball. We are back here on Purple Mafia, episode number 33, which is a reminder for iPod users, 
All right, we're going to quickly get into the thick of things here. We're going to start off with Antoine Winfield. Now, I know this story is a little old, a little old but hey, we've got to talk about it. Got to keep up with the Vikings. This is a big thing. Antoine Winfield inked to a five-year deal worth up to $36 million. This was on July 23rd, 2009. Well, yeah, I had to say the year because I'm a dork. Um, yeah, after months of uh, just back and forth, with Antoine Winfield, missed all the OTAs, um, required and not required, all the little mini camps in the spring. A lot of people were a little bit worried, and, uh, you know, it's like Brett Favre was enough of a, dis- of a distraction. The last thing we need is to lose one of our absolute top players on defense and a guy who's been an anchor for this team uh, for many years. You know, since he got here in 04, just thrilled to have this guy. He turned the... Uh, average team into a playoff team right away. I mean, that was right when the Minnesota Vikings defense finally started to have some relevance again. I mean, it, it was about the first time since the early 1990s. It's about 93, 94-ish. The Vikings defense was actually relevant again. And Antoine Winfield was one of the the pioneers that got it finally pointing in the right direction. Him and his former uh, Buffalo Bill counterpart, that was uh, Ted Cottrell, who was, by the way, a fantastic defensive coordinator. I wouldn't mind having him back, let's say, if uh, Leslie Frazier were given a uh, head coaching job in the not-too-distant future. Having a little trouble talking today, and I don't know why. We'll get that cleaned up here ASAP. But, yeah, as mentioned, up to $36 million, five-year deal. Um, 16.1 is the guarantee so guaranteed part of the contract. Anton Winfield is 32 years old, and um, he had this to say. It was important for me because I wanted to finish my career here, said Winfield, who made his first Pro Bowl appearance last season, his 10th in the NFL. This will be my last stop. Usually you see a lot of players when they get up in age go to different teams. That won't happen to me. Once I'm done playing for the Vikings, my career will be over, and uh, that is just fantastic. Um, this this guy was just a phenomenal signing, and everybody knew it the day he was signed back in uh, back in '04. You know, back in February '04, I was thrilled about it. I still remember that very well. And a, he came a lot of reason because Ted Cottrell was here, Buffalo counterparts. Um, now, by the way, this article, courtesy of Judd Zolgad, Judd Zolgad of the Star Tribune. So, I will not plagiarize. I will let you know who got this quote <laughs> from Antoine Winfield. I wish I was the one that did, and if I was, I would record it and uh, put it on the show. And That day will come soon. That day will come soon. We'll get that done someday. Just not today, I guess. <laughs> but yeah, his former deal was that, so it was a six-year deal worth 34.8. Yeah, so he had that one year left. One season left. It was going to be a big question mark afterwards. Uh, P.A. Paul Allen of KFAN also mentioned that Antoine Winfield has five years of good football left in him. Apparently, the Minnesota Vikings agree. Uh, Antoine Winfield actually was on P.A. today, was on the P.A. show at KFAN. And uh, you're going to hear his Paul Allen's name a lot because, you know, I get, you know, I listen to his show every day. And, uh, you know, you can you can hear stuff that's going on. So it's very helpful. Um, Antoine Winfield on the P.A. show. That I did mention that, yeah, that was in the conversation. That was in the conversation of Antoine Winfield 
possibly moving to safety later on by about the third or so year of the deal because he's getting older. You know, sometimes you got to move to either safety or nickel back when you're getting a little bit older. But, uh, yeah, right now, Antoine Winfield is a legitimate Pro Bowl cornerback. I think it's an absolute joke that he's never been to the Pro Bowl considering just how freaking good this guy is. Um, you could even argue last year he was the MVP of the team. You 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 could. You could. Adrian Peterson, 1,700 yards and, like, 14 touchdowns and everything. I mean, just fantastic and everything. But this Antoine Winfield literally changed games all by himself. He won the New Orleans Saints game all by himself last year. And uh, he really helped us win that Carolina game, too. I remember the blind side on uh, Jake DeLome. Who could forget? And I made a really fun video about that one. That was one of my more entertaining Minnesota Viking game reviews on YouTube. That's also on YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe. YouTube.com forward slash Paladin Joe if you're ever willing to check that out. But, um, man, oh, man, this Antoine Winfield is just fantastic. He is somebody I'm just I'm just so happy he's been resigned and he is going to stick around. But, yeah, the possibility of safety and nickel back later on is very much alive, and we're just going to have to see how that goes. Um, hopefully he will be able to play out the whole five years. You, you, you know, you, you, you never know. And also, the uh, he mentioned, and it's been mentioned about a million times, that it's really rare that a 32-year-old will get a five-year contract, especially at the defensive back position, you know, because cornerback, defensive back, because you totally rely on You really, 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 really rely on speed in the secondary. And, uh, you know, age, age and speed don't go together usually, unless your name is Daryl Green, who is like a legend, Hall of Fame cornerback for the Washington Redskins who could keep up with Randy Moss at age 38. Yeah, that guy was a legend. Um, but Andrew Winfield is like, is, is <laughs> I don't think he's that far away from that kind of guy. He's just, he's such a special player. One of the best open field tackling defensive backs ever. I mean, he, he, he really is. So to me, this is just a fantastic uh, undertaking by the Minnesota Vikings. I am really, really happy that it's been taken care of. So that is my takes on Antoine Winfield. We're going to take another quick break, and we'll get into Brett Favre and then the quarterback position right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back again here on Purple Mafia, episode number 33. Um, yeah, if you notice, the show is going to be a little bit shorter, a little less plugging around. So, uh, yeah, you get the idea. So now we're going to get right into Brett Favre, because I know you want to talk Minnesota Vikings, not hear about a million plugs. So uh, here we go. I'm not going to be plugging my shows as much. You know, you can already hear it on the commercials. So that's all that really matters. All right, Brett Favre. Well, one last time. Remember how Brett Favre broke our hearts year in, year out with the Green Bay Packers. Now, we broke his heart in 98, unfortunately... It didn't matter. We broke our own hearts. I mean, you could blame about a million people for that. Uh, Randall Cunningham totally stopped playing 
basically, in the second half of that Atlanta Falcons game. Gary Anderson missed the field goal. Yeah. But uh, Brett Favre breaks the Minnesota Vikings' hearts one more time. And uh, just hours before my 30th birthday, the son of a gun, <laughs> my awesome coworker Tom, Thomas Holden, Tom Holden, so it's a shout-out to you, Tom, gave me a phone call because he knows that me above anybody who needs to know what's going on because I, hey, I represent the Vikings here on iTunes, folks, iTunes and thesportstove.com. I'd like to know before anybody. Uh, Brett Favre announced he's going to stay retired, and it's just, I was devastated, folks. I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It just, it hit me really hard, and I, I was in a pretty pretty bad mood for about mm, three, four hours. And I, I'm not kidding. Uh, I don't mean to blow it out of proportion and take it so seriously, because sports is sports and life is life, but it just, it, it hit me hard, and I was pretty upset, because it just, this was finally going to happen. We were actually going to have Brett Favre on the team, all these dreams of the possibility of this kind of thing happening. We were going to have Brett Favre, and uh, maybe we were going to have a run, uh, just a magical, fun season like 98. Maybe not quite as explosive, maybe. Maybe. I don't think anybody saw a 15-1 team coming in 98. I predicted they would win 11 games, and I was laughed at in 1998 when I picked the Vikings to win 11 games. I would have picked the Vikings to win 12 games with Brett Favre as the starting quarterback this season. Right now, well, I'm going to go with 11 because they have to be better than last year. Last year was about the weakest 10-6 and I've ever seen, but at the same time, they kind of backpedaled into that 10-6, and losing just one winnable game after another. Um, yeah, just one after another. The Falcons game, the Colts game, you could just go on and on. You win both of those, you're 12-4, and four, folks. Huh, pretty simple math there. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to pick the Vikings to win 11 games this year, by the way, with the current status. So now on to actual Brett Favre. This courtesy of the Pioneer Press this time, courtesy of the Pioneer Press, this is Sean Jensen, the other outstanding Vikings beat writer. This is, of course, the Pioneer Press version. Judd Zelgan and Sean Jensen. Um, real quick, Rosenfeld said he was surprised by Favre's decision with since health wasn't going to be an issue, but he's thankful that the drama didn't drag into camp. It would have been a tough pill to swallow, Rosenfeld said, of the possibility of Favre joining the team, but I understood what was going on. It was just a rare, rare situation. You have a top-five quarterback of all time who was coming out of retirement in an offense he knew. knew news. <laughs> it probably won't happen again for another 30 years. And, yeah, that's why it hurts so much to me, folks. It probably won't happen for another 30 years. This was like a Fran Tarkenton type of player joining the Minnesota Vikings, folks. Old or not, he still had the talent. He proved it in the first 11 games last year before that arm kicked in. And, uh, you know, it was surgically repaired. But in the end, it was more more than just the arm that made Favre say enough's enough. It was just the overall wear and tear on his body. Ankles, knees had to do with it probably more than the arm at this point in time. Um, Just a total bummer for me, folks. Total bummer. All right, back to where we were. Favre told ESPN reporter Ed Warder, this was the hardest decision I've ever made. So basically, it's the hardest decision I've ever made. And that he informed Vikings offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel, a former Packers assistant and a close friend of Favre's on July 20th. So, yeah, a few days, quite a few, about eight days earlier, 
that he would remain retired, but De- but Devil, but Bevel pleaded with Favre to reconsider. And now to Favre. I didn't feel physically I could play at the level that was acceptable. Favre told Werder, I would like to thank everyone, including the Green Bay Packers, the Jets, and the Vikings, but most importantly, the Vans. Favre was apparently down when he informed Childress of his decision on Tuesday. Sports Illustrated reporter Peter King reported, "What's the cho- I mean, what's the tone?" Childress told Favre, according to King. Nobody died here. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just... So basically, Childress is like, yeah, nobody died. It sucks, but nobody died. And that's very much true. That's very much true. Still, man, it, it, it's a bummer. And uh, we all know my feelings of Tavares Jackson and Brad Childress. You know, that combination of Childress and Jackson, I uh, I forget exactly which episode it was, but it was the... Uh, the playoff one, like I, I know there was that, the one after the Vikings lost to the Eagles, I called for both of their jobs. I said, why are these two men still employed at their positions? Starting quarterback and head coach, what's going on here? Tavares Jackson and Brad Childress. So, yeah, I'm not too thrilled with the possibility of Tavares Jackson going in as the starting quarterback again. I can't do it, folks. Three straight seasons? I can't do it. Can you? Tell me the truth. I don't know. I really don't know about that. Oh, boy. But yeah, here we go back. We're going to get into, you know, Antoine Winfield's feelings of the whole thing. So the recently re-signed Antoine Winfield, a guy who really did want Favre here, by the way. Vikings Pro Bowl cornerback Antoine Winfield said he expected Favre would come out of retirement for a second time to join Minnesota. So Tuesday's announcement, Winfield said, was a surprise. I thought he would end up being here, Winfield said. He went through everything with the surgery and working out. But he made his decision. Now it's time for us to move on. And uh, guess what, folks? That's exactly what's going on. Jared Allen weighs in. It, it just ex- it just expressed everything I openly said. I wasn't begging him to come. Hey, dude, if you want to come, you're welcome. This is what we're about. If not, that's fine, too. Hmm. Either way, I have a lot of respect for him, Alan said, but there was no disrespect to those guys, Jackson and Rosenfels. So that pretty much concludes the Brett Favre talk, and uh, I think it's finally over for good. He made a comment, Brett Favre made a comment that pissed off some people, saying, oh, you know, hey, if if I'm healthy and someone calls me on November 1st, oh, hey, who knows? And it's just like, yeah, enough, we're done, let's move on. Brett Childress also made that comment so real quick before i get into the current state of the minnesota vikings quarterback position the current players that are trying to get it there's just one of two guys at this point in time we don't think john david booty's on the verge of winning a starting job here in minnesota um michael vick was reinstated to the nfl earlier this week and uh his name was brought up as a possible plan b a lot of us kind of saw him as a possible plan b at one point in time that was almost immediately dismissed so now the possible teams remain, well, Seattle was one of them. They've pretty much already said no. So it looks like possibly St. Louis, Washington, San Francisco, and I think there was one other, but that could be about it. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if Oakland jumped in. I would have definitely said Miami if they, if they didn't have Chad Pennington last year. 
Chad, Chad Pennington just looked, showed what he could do as a starting quarterback, you know, as a healthy quarterback, not starting. He was already a starter, but finally when he could stay healthy, the, the guy is a good football player, man, Chad Pennington, and he's still got time left. He's not, I don't think he's much older than uh, Michael Vick. Michael Vick isn't that young. He was drafted back in uh, 01. And, uh, yeah, we all know who uh, he was traded for, <laughs> Latanian Tomlinson. Chargers win. Chargers win. <laughs> When it comes to that trade, but uh, that's just how things stand right now with Michael Vick. He will be back in the NFL at some point. Uh, it's a really weird suspension, as obviously there's a suspension still, uh, that Michael Vick can play in two preseason games, I believe the first two, so if he signs with somebody, and uh, then he won't be able to play in the regular season until week six. So a little strange, but there also remains a possibility that Michael Vick will be able to return earlier than week six, depending on behavior or what, whatever. Some of, if you can convince Goodell that he's changed, that's more or less what it's all about. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see. Uh, it, it makes sense for Washington, even though Jason Campbell, I think, is a talented player who is getting kind of a raw deal over there in Washington. Not financially he's getting a raw deal, but you know, I, I think he's a better quarterback than people are giving him credit. He's not spectacular, but he's pretty good. Uh, he's a lot better than Jamarcus Russell in Oakland, and uh, that's why I'm a little bit surprised that Oakland isn't one of the candidates just yet. Both of the owners are idiots. They spend money in ways that make your your, your head spin. Um, Al Davis is an idiot, and so is uh, Snyder. The guys are idiots. Dan Snyder, the guy's an idiot. He spends money like... He spends money almost like the government has the last, I don't know how many regimes now, pretty much since, uh, oh, pretty much since H.W. Bush. I mean, the government has spent money like, you know, like it's toilet paper, and uh, so does Dan Snyder. A hundred million for Hainsworth. And it's just, he's been like this for quite a while, pretty much forever. Al Davis makes the most bizarre personnel moves in the history of the National Football League. Um... That doesn't mean Vic would be a bad move, but it'd be a weird one to whoever gets it. But it's going to be kind of a weird deal, and uh, you don't know what's really going to happen. It's a roll of the dice. High risk, high reward. All right, enough of Michael Vic. We're going to get into the current status of the Vikings uh, quarterback position. Sage Rosenfels, Tavares Jackson. Now, Tavares Jackson, plain as day, the most athletic. He also has the, uh, the strongest throwing arm. But unfortunately, the consistency is absolutely positively not there. Uh, if you look at his full season last year on paper, Tavares Jackson looks like a pretty good quarterback, a decent quarterback rating, good touchdown to interception ratio, and uh, nice yardage and everything. But looks are very deceiving. Remember the game when the Arizona Cardinals just basically, you know, they didn't show up, folks, and Tavares Jackson looked like Randall Cunningham with the 98 Vikings. He really did. He looked like, you know, he, he looked like he was throwing to the 98 Vikings. No. No. <laughs> that Arizona team did not show up. That bloated Tavares' numbers. He sucked against Atlanta. He was barely, barely relevant against the New York Giants. And he totally frickin' sucked against the Philadelphia Eagles. So, I'm sorry. I'm in no rush to make this guy the starting quarterback. He has had... Too many chances already. I'm ready to move on when it comes to DeVaris Jackson. Uh, he could make a spark plug. 
off the bench. That's where he could be a solid backup quarterback. But yeah, like in you know maybe in this town or elsewhere, that's where he could actually be kind of a popular backup quarterback because he could be a spark plug for a game or two if something happens to say Sage Rosenfels or a better quarterback in the future. Like if we had a Jay Cutler type or something, you know. Like say if we actually did get Cutler, then you have more of a long-term franchise type quarterback. Um, yeah, Tavares Jackson is that kind of guy off the bench. Don't expect consistency with this guy. Don't I? I can't do it. I'm gonna lose my mind if, if this guy's named the starter again. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Rip me. I don't care. I'd rather be wrong and get ripped and watch the Vikings win 12 games because Tavares Jackson is a good quarterback than <laughs> be then have him be a starter and be dead right and watch us suck and be 8-8 eight and eight again. I can't do it. I'm going to just throw up watching that. Or be a really weak 9-7, and 10-6 and six team that will get trounced in the first round by the New York Giants. No, I'm not watching that. I mean, I have to watch it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. <laughs> Sage Rosenfels, well, he's inconsistent as well. But this guy is an experienced, um, polished quarterback who is 31 years old, has paid his dues in the NFL. Uh, he's been experienced in the West Coast offense, and he's had some good years. Two years ago, he had a very solid year packing up uh, the injured Matt Schaub, the oft-injured Matt Schaub. I like what I saw from Sage Rosenfels. I thought that he could have made a nice, solid uh, competition for Tavares Jackson a year ago. Of course, last year he had a, a less, uh, a more underwhelming season with the Houston Texans and it lowered his trade value, and thus it's like we're letting a stock drop to you rather than chasing it. So that's good in one way, bad in another. Uh, and yeah, you got to say that Sage Rosenfels did have a solid offense there too. I mean, he had Slayton at the running back position. Uh, an old Amon Green, but that Slayton's a nice player. And he got Andre Johnson to throw the ball to, so it's not like the offense in Houston was horrendous. It was pretty dang good. So we're just going to have to wait and see. It's a great unknown with Sage Rosenfels, but to me, like a lot of other Viking fans, it's a change. It's it's a change. That's why the current president was voted in with such a alarming uh, number. Not saying I necessarily voted for him. I'm not going to tell you who I voted for. But, uh, well, Ron Paul, there I told you, okay? <laughs> but, because uh, I didn't like either candidate, I like Ron Paul. But, uh change sometimes you got to make a change sometimes you got to make a change and it's time to do it i think with the vikings and you know if tavares jackson wins the job somehow some way in the future let him do it but i think right now it's we've seen enough for the time being at very least john david booty well who knows he was absolutely horrible in his first preseason game and uh, stepped up to the plate a little bit later on in the preseason looked like he had a little more shot of being an okay quarterback in the NFL. Sometimes you never know, and and these guys emerge. I mean, look at Rich Gannon. He was a late-round pick, and, uh, you know, he was pretty much a total nobody, and he ended up being one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL later on in his career. It took a long, long time, but it happened. Brad Johnson, same thing. Same thing. The guy was in the system forever, and then all of a sudden was named the starter, and, uh, hey, pretty good. Pretty good stuff. Brad Johnson had a nice, solid career, even won a Super Bowl with the Tampa Bay Bucks. So, um, and of course, Rich Gannon was the other Viking quarterback who played against <laughs> Brad Johnson, so one of them had to lose. But, uh, yeah, 
that's the situation there. Um, outside of that, right now, training camp is just getting started, and I have got some research to do before I really start making any major opinions on the team, uh, I, uh, on the roster spots, the battles, and all that good stuff. I do think that Adrian Peterson, though, I'll, I'll, I'll make this, I think he has a pretty good chance of being the starting running back. <laughs> no. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you could say Chester Taylor's a pretty darn good running back and could start in a lot of teams, but yeah, I think, I do think Adrian's ch- chances are pretty safe. He uh, got a new center coming in. The last time we switched out a Pro Bowl center, for a late draft pick, the guy's name was Matt Burke, and it worked out extremely well. Will the Vikings get lucky again, find lightning in a bottle again in the sixth round, just like Matt Burke? We will see. That is the million-dollar question. Can we get lucky again? Boy, would that be cool. I mean, that was nine whole years ago, back in 2000. The Vikings went on to a conference championship game, and, uh, yeah, it's unfortunate what happened after that, but they got to the conference finals that year, so maybe we'll do it again. Maybe we'll make a, a run again. Oh, and one final thing of note. I don't know why this escaped, even though it's right in front of me. Percy Harvin, still unsigned. Phil Lodeholt, thankfully, was signed. Asher Allen signed. Uh, yeah, Phil Lodeholt Holt is a load. And uh, it's amazing when you see two guys of the same size on the same team. Literally within eight pounds of each other and the same height. Bryant McKinney and Phil Lodeholt, very amazing the Twin Towers, the Twin Towns is actually what they're calling them because they're so big, too. They're the Twin Towns. It's kind of a funny nickname that somebody came up with along the way. Uh, pretty cool. But, yeah, Percy Harvin, he's this year's Randy Moss, you know, all these years later. Of course, a completely different player you m- might want to throw underneath, not do a jump ball with this guy. He's more of an underneath and a shifty kind of guy after the catch. But, uh, you know, I really hope we can get him signed. There's been such bad history about late signings with rookies. Brian McKinney has not really been a seventh overall pick. Achilles Smith with the Cincinnati Bengals, well, he was out of the NFL almost in no time. Just a complete joke. The guy wanted to get paid more than Donovan McNabb, even though he was taken after him. Uh, and the list just goes on and on and on with players that hold out. It never really is good. Uh, he's not necessarily a holdout, but they're just, uh, I, I don't know, it's just taking longer than it needs to. The good part is the 21st pick and 23rd pick have been signed, so the parameters are more likely to be set. It'll thin things up a bit, hopefully put the numbers more uh, centered, and we can get this thing done as soon as, soon as possible. Percy Harbor needs to come into camp. Childress, you could tell, not all too thrilled about that, that he's not signed, but not too pissed off yet either. So that is my final take on Purple Mafia this week. As you can notice, the shows are going to be more around 30 minutes, if I can do that, 30 to 35, just to kind of get things together, unless it's just for whatever reason the show needs to be longer. Because the longer the show, it's not really a good thing. It can kind of, the audience's interest can wane. So thank you again for checking out Purple Mafia. I appreciate it very much. And we'll get back to you very soon to talk strictly, strictly talk training camp. And until then, you have a great week.